This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I am Sarah Evers-Conrad from Lexington, Kentucky, and you are listening to the monthly Horse Illustrated episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for November 23rd. Good morning, Horse World. The fourth Tuesday of every month is all about your passion for horses. Nurture your knowledge with informative and entertaining interviews brought to you by Horse Illustrated Magazine. Well, good morning, everybody. I guess this week we officially kick off the start of the holiday season, don't we? It's like two days away from Thanksgiving. I know. I'm ready for a few days off of the family. Do you have any big plans for Thanksgiving? No, we just go over to my brother's. He lives uh, here in the neighborhood, so we we hang out over there. But mostly, it's we get Friday off, too. By the way, we will be dark on Friday. Um, We'll probably have a best of for you. And then, of course, Monday, I got a plug, is our uh, holiday concert. So Monday night, the 29th, save that time. We're going to give away thousands of dollars of prizes on Monday night. So tune in then. But you have a big show planned for today. You always bring a lot of guests. Yes, yes, we have three exciting guests. On today's show, we will be talking to Jason Tice about the Frisian breed, to blogger and freelance writer Susan Friedland of Saddle Seeks Horse about her blogging adventures, and Horse Illustrated style expert Raquel Lynn will give us some tips on how to have a horsey holiday season. Yay, that sounds terrific. So you guys stay in Lexington, I assume. Yes, we don't travel for Thanksgiving. We travel for Christmas to see my family. But my husband's family is in town, and hopefully we'll see some of them. And then also, uh, I don't know, I'm just looking forward to just sitting down with a few good books and uh, just relaxing or maybe doing some hiking. In the Because uh, fall hit here a little late this year, so I want to drive around and see some more colorful leaves and things like that. We always uh, had this thing about would we get snow for Thanksgiving when we lived in Pennsylvania, but uh, I know you're not getting that in Lexington. It's a little early. You might get it in um, February. You'll get some snow. You're going to jinx us now. We're going to get snow. (laughs) Actually, um, a little north of here, they had like snow flurries like last week. So it's kind of gone up and down. (laughs) Yesterday it was 70. So, you know, it's just kind of crazy weather. That's one thing about Lexington. It'll be really cold and you get an ice storm and then a week later it's 80. You know, it does change a lot there. Yeah, it's hard to get into the holiday spirit. But I do have to start decorating too. I have not started. So, you know, it's great. We're going to have Raquel on because I need some tips for, for decorating and whatnot. She's always good with that. So... Well, you guys are also doing a holiday contest, right? Yes, we just we wrapped up our our uh, Halloween contest and had some great entries and had some very festive pictures. But now we're moving on, and Horse Illustrated will be hosting another contest for the holidays. All you need to do is share a story about your favorite holiday memory with your horse, and we'll choose a random winner. Uh, from all of the entries and the winner will win a horse illustrated subscription and for official rules and how to enter visit horseillustrated.com slash 2021 hyphen holiday hyphen contest and we'll put that in the show notes uh, so it'll yes. be in your show notes right there in your player it's kind of long but we'll we'll put it right there so just scroll over you'll find it and you can click on it um and you're going to have a black friday offer from horse illustrated too as well that we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show uh, but first i want to mention the magic and cowboy magic comes from the bond between you and your horse cowboy magic celebrates every moment with you from quiet chats in the pasture to the adrenaline rush of competition we want to invite you to embrace your magic moment with your horse by sharing your favorite photos with cowboy magic on social media using the hashtag cowboy magic moment 
Well, coming up now is one of the most popular breeds in the world. We're doing a breed highlight like we do on the show sometimes. And we have Jason Tice with us. He's the executive director for the Frisian Horse Association of North America. And uh, he's worked in many different capacities. But uh, right now, he's heading up the most popular horse in movies in the world, the Frisian. Hi, Jason. Hey, how are you guys? Good. You know, it's funny because we joke about that all the time. Every movie you see, it's Frisians. Yes, it is. They <laughs> they are everywhere, and they have grown with popularity so much, especially in the movies. Well, and also those Fabio pictures of Frisian horses with their wind, you know, hair blowing their manes don't don't, yeah. help, don't help e- or hurt either. You know, uh, that's 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 true. <laughs> seriously, though, it does. It is probably one of the most popular ones in the world, beside the Clydesdale, because Budweiser kind of brought that to the table. But um, you guys, especially in TV and movies and 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 pictures, it just it really has taken off. Right, right, and uh, you know to. To quote uh, a famous actor that everybody knows very well, and that is The Rock. I mean, he loved working with Frisian horses, and and he made it very very clear in in some of the uh, statements that he made uh, in the most re- uh, recent movie he was in with Frisians. Um, you know, and then of course uh, Trouble with a Curve. People don't realize that those are Frisians that are in that movie, and uh, that's the, from one of our uh, our members, uh, Cheryl Baird. Uh, did a great job working with that, and then of course uh, the Hunger Games. You can't can't discount the Hunger Games. I mean, they they were the the driving piece of that movie. I wasn't going to go here, but why do you think horse wranglers have chosen the Frisian? Other than they're so stunning, uh, are they just that easy to work with on movie sets? Why, why you know why have they become popular on TV and movies? Well, I, you know, I'm not a trainer, but but that's my understanding is that uh, they're just easy to work with, um, and, and their trainability is fantastic. So, you know, they uh, they really enjoy working with them, and then everybody recognizes them uh, for their stunning beauty, which is, you know, that goes without saying. So, tell us about the Frisian Horse Association of North America. How long that's has that been around? So we were established in 1984 by a small group of uh, men from the Netherlands, actually, because the uh, the actual mother registry is located in the Netherlands, and it's called the KFPS. So we are the daughter association, and we do all of the groundwork for uh, for our members here in North America uh, who wish to register KFPS Frisian horses, and uh, it just makes it easier for them. We follow all of the same rules. Uh, regulations that the KFPS has. Uh, we just, we just, uh, we're, we're just that, that body here in North America. Um, it makes it easier for our, uh, our members as they're registering horses and so forth. So, uh, yeah, we've been around 30, 37, 30, 37 years now. We just celebrated, we just had a big celebration for our 35th in Canada uh, about two years ago. Terrific events. Um, Frisians from all over the globe were there. Um, it, it was just an awesome, awesome event to see so many Frisians in one place. Do we know how many are in the United States? Approx, yeah, approximately fourteen thousand are are here between here and Canada. Sorry, yeah. So and and then we've got a, a membership of about eighteen hundred. Is it growing? Yes, uh, we did see a, a decline um, early, uh, probably two thousand twelve. But uh, breedings have come back. Uh, membership has come back strong. Um, unfortunately, we're you know still dealing with the pandemic and trying to come out of that uh, successfully. But uh, I think our plan for 2022 looks uh, very good, and uh, the members should be very excited for what's on the horizon for them. Now, do you guys sanction shows? Do you put on shows yourself, or um, are are you the registry organization only? Yeah, we're we're strictly the breed registry. Okay. Uh, we put on uh, inspections, uh, so we have a set of uh, Dutch judges that come over uh, in the fall. Normally in the fall. This year, due to COVID, we're we're, we're actually putting some on in the spring, uh, which will be new to us. But uh, they come over and they they rate the horses um, on their quality and their movement and their. Um, uh, so yeah, they, and that's how that's how the the horse really gets its value is from the the judges coming over to rate the horses. And I think one of the things we've seen, even since we started this show 11 years ago, is we're seeing Frisians in a lot of, 
more diverse events than we did in the past. We're seeing compete in almost everything now. <laughs> that is that is very true. Uh, you know, the, they're not just a dressage horse or a big beautiful horse out in the field anymore. You know, you you know a lot of driving is taking place with the Frisian. Uh, they're competing very at high levels of dressage. Um, you're seeing them in Western dressage now. That's been the, uh, a, a new thing coming up. Um, and then in hand as well. Uh, so there's, and, and then there, you can't uh, discount saddle seat as well. So there's, there's lots of different disciplines that they're, uh, excelling in. So, you know, what, when somebody's breeding, do they tend to want to breed here in the United States or do they still go overseas for stallions? I, I assume you can ship. That's an interesting question because it, it, it's it's really a mix. Um, you know, there, there's certain things that we offer for our membership when it comes to breeding so that they don't uh, uh, get too close to an inbreeding coefficient. We like to keep that number under 5%. So, you know, you, you can use this calculator that we have available that they use. Uh, then they can circle in on, on certain um criteria that they're looking for, you know, if you want a better walk or a better trot or something like that, they can match that up with certain stallions that really help them with uh, their breeding type and what their goals are. That might be sportability. So they may be able to focus in on that and it'll shoot out a couple of stallions for them. Um, We do see a good mixture of of, uh, European stallion blood coming over and along with uh, our North American stallions as, as well. So it's and I assume 50, 50, it's a it's a hundred percent pure, unlike some breeds where you can sneak in, you know, twenty five percent of this or twenty five percent of that. <laughs> yeah, well, one we are uh, the only the registry that only one hundred percent Frisian blood. Um, there are some other Frisian registries out there that do allow some crossbreeding, but we are only one hundred percent. Do you know anything? What, so, what's the history? Where 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 did we get started with the Frisians? Well, it started in uh, in Friesland, which is a uh, small province in uh, the northern Netherlands. That's, uh, it almost became extinct about 140 years ago. A small group of people, uh, Dutch breeders, got together and they established the KFPS, and uh, they they really rescued and saved the breed from uh, complete extinction. Um, they started out with three stallions, and uh, to where now we've got. Oh shoot! There's over a hundred hundred stallions available for breeding purposes right now, and and I believe there's forty thousand plus uh, Frisian horses worldwide. Well, okay, and so wow. so do you, you know with the versatility of the breed, uh, obviously the, as we talked about, they are doing everything. Is there one? Is there a couple? One or two examples of things you went? Wow, I've never seen a Frisian do that before. That has popped up recently. <laughs> Well, I won't say that they're they're terrific at it, but you, you will see uh, see a few few Frisians jumping. Um, <laughs> they're very small levels, uh, as you know, they're the bigger breed. But uh, there are a few that are doing it, and they're they're doing it quite well. Uh, I bet they stand they out. A, <laughs> yeah, they, they certainly do. They certainly do. I, I uh, I've seen a few of them, but uh, I, I don't know that you'll see them at a Grand Prix show. But uh, uh, they are doing it. Well, their tails are so thick, I'd be afraid that would knock the rail off. I mean, just... <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of hair there. <laughs> now, they usually, too, I mean, I think from, you know, I've been around for 30 years or so, They and you can tell me if I'm wrong or if this is just my perception, but they seem to be getting bigger, taller. Are they breeding for height? Yes, there is some breeding going on for height. You're seeing a, a different uh, breed coming out right now. You know, you used to see the 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 bigger broke style Frisians, right. and now you're seeing them bred more for sportability. Right. Um, so there is still the gene out there. Still, uh, you know, people still love that broke style, but uh, you know, people are starting to breed more for that versatile sportability horse as well. Yeah, they're kind of. Yeah, I mean, be, before thirty years ago, you would see them that you you would say draft horse, and now you look at them and go, hmm, you know, sport horse. You know, they're they're much, uh, they're more sleek than they used to be. Yes, yes, that is that is true, and uh, you know, something that uh, is very exciting for us is uh, the World Breeding Federation has now recognized the Frisian horse as more of a, a warm blood. And uh, so they've ent- allowed them to start uh, competing at their uh, their warm blood shows. Gotcha. Okay. 
sense. What were they considered before that? Because yeah. I was thought they were, yeah, they were they kind of considered them more of a draft horse. Oh, interesting. I've always kind of pictured them more as a warm blood. I guess that's just from seeing so many doing dressage and lately. Right, right. Hmm. So that tool you you created sounds really neat. I've never heard of anything like that for like a, a breed organization where you can kind of select the traits and try to figure out who you might want to breed to. Did y'all develop that or? It, it was developed by the KFPS uh, uh, for the members. Um, it's a, it's an excellent, excellent tool. Uh, like I said, it, uh, you can, it helps you with the inbreeding coefficient and then, uh, uh, what, what our horses are judged, they get a linear score and mm-hmm. the judges, they get, they look at that linear score and they say, okay, well, I might be deficit in my walk or I might be deficit in my trot. And so you can actually, uh, take those tools and say, I, I specifically want to zone in on my walk. And it, like I said, it'll spit out a couple of, uh, stallions for you that will help increase that. And, um, and those traits are passed on. So it's, it's a wonderful tool. Our membership That's loves really it. And uh, yeah, really helps them out with their breeding programs. Now, I saw that uh, you also have something you have a on your YouTube channel. Uh, you have some webinars in there that people can really get a good idea of uh, the versatility of the breed. Yeah, so we have our uh, our Frisian Horse Association of North America YouTube station. It is uh, we we try to to do a uh, a webinar at least once a month, sometimes twice, focusing on anything from the the sport of the horse to the health of the horse, uh, with various vets that come on there, and um, and, and it really it, it's a really a great benefit for our membership. Uh, webinars usually take an hour, hour and a half, maybe. Um, you can, they're interactive, uh, and it, it's just a great tool and resource for our membership. And if you miss them, they're there, they're there on the YouTube channel. So you can uh, always go back and look at them and, and, and view them later. What's the website? Where can people find out more about the association? Uh, dot com. That's fauna.com. And, uh, Sarah, you guys featured in Horse Illustrated, you had an article recently, didn't you? Yeah, actually, well, we had one. It was the featured breed for the August 2020 issue. But for anybody who's subscribing, when you get your January-February issue, that is the featured breed yet again because they're so popular uh, with our readers. And also, the Best of Breeds uh, publication that we put out once a year, and it gets updated once a year, we have a gorgeous Frisian on the cover. So, um Basically, yeah, all of they're our the centerfold of horses. If you were going to have yes. a centerfold, it would be a Frisian, right? I mean, that's let's be real. All of my favorite <laughs> covers that we've done involve Frisians. <laughs> they're so gorgeous. Yeah, so. they are. They, they are terrific to take pictures of. I mean, they're they're everywhere, and the pictures they they are not camera shy at all. No, and, I got to go on a photo shoot with Bob Langrish, the photographer, once at a Frisian farm, and. Just being there in the field and watching them gallop around with so much power, and it, it was a lot of fun to see a photo shoot with one. So, And it's really that is, ironic that, that our great. title sponsor today is uh, Straight Arrow Products, because that's just perfect. For, yes, you <laughs> definitely need those products for a Frisian mane and tail. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Jason. We appreciate you joining us today, and uh, and have a happy new year. Hey, you as well. Thank you guys for the invite and uh, and enjoy the enjoy your holidays. With Cowboy Magic's Green Spot Remover, you can do more of what you love and spend less time in the wash stall. Cut bath time in half with this waterless shampoo for a quick grooming solution while saving water at your barn. This easy-to-use sprayer bottle is the perfect tool when looking for a quick clean before the show or before a leisurely ride. Green Spot Remover is a plant-based, waterless formula that is safe to use on all coats, not just for grays. The natural enzymes will remove manure and urine spots without drying out the skin and coat. The best part, it only takes a few easy steps to use. Learn more about how to use and where to purchase at CowboyMagic.com. And for our holiday season... If you want to treat yourself with a year subscription to Horse Illustrated, you can also gift a subscription to another horsey friend or family member 
with our special Black Friday deal for only $24.95. That's two subscriptions for one low price, and the sale lasts through the holiday weekend. So not just Black Friday, it's going to go through the whole holiday weekend and into Tuesday. So visit horseillustrated.com slash Black Friday anytime between Thursday, November 25th and Tuesday, November 30th to get that deal. Our second guest is Susan Friedland, equestrian author and founder of the popular blog Saddle Seeks Horse. And she's also one of Horse Illustrated's freelance writers. She shares equestrian travel, authentic product reviews and the joys and tribulations of life with her saintly thoroughbred knight on her blog saddle seeks horse also she's written several books and her latest book is unbridled creativity 101 writing exercises for the horse lover i just checked and she's been on our show many times uh, but it's been a little while since we've had her on and her first appearance here was in 2014 so uh, i'm glad to have her back She's, she's always great to talk to. We actually interviewed her on one of our Facebook Lives for Aquatana. So she did a great job then talking about the panel that she was on back then, which she was on with the Sisters Horsing Around duo, uh, Emily and Sarah Harris, that we interviewed last month. Well, welcome, Susan. You're uh, definitely a familiar name and face for the Horse Illustrated brand. How have you been? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here and chat with both you and Glenn um, because I'm a longtime Glenn fan, you know, having been on the show and listened to Horses in the Morning. And um, But I have to say I've been a Horse Illustrated fan even longer. Well, and we're excited to, to introduce yeah. – we're excited to introduce you to – our listeners because you write for the magazine and you always have so many great topics that we put in the magazine that you've written. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's an honor. Um, you know, I read Horse Illustrated when I was a little girl. And so I, when I first was published in there, it was just like, you know, such a thrill because it was like, Oh, you know, I had the posters that you would tear out of the different breeds and, so, yeah, so I felt very proud to be affiliated with you guys. Well, you've certainly made a name for yourself in almost the past decade that you've been blogging. Uh, what made you start your blog back in 2013, and how has it changed your life since then? Well, I started my blog because I had this dream to write a horse book, and not just any kind of horse book. I wanted to write a memoir because I love reading memoir, and over the years, um, when I was actively dating and I was one of the early online dating, um, is, it, is, the, is the word adaptee or adoptee? I don't know. I adapted to the new way of dating and had some crazy situations meeting people. And so when I would tell these stories to friends, they're like, oh my gosh, you've got to write a book. And then I've had all these kind of crazy horse adventures from when I was a little girl to my best friend and I borrowing her neighbor's Palomino in the middle of winter and having our snowsuits on and like tying a rope around one of us and then a sled (laughs) to the other end. And like, yeah, it didn't always end well, (laughs) but um, so that's how I wrote my first book, Horses Adored and Men Endured. And the reason I had, started the blog was I went to a writer's conference while I was in the process of uh, that manuscript. And they said that if you want to get published in today's environment, you really have to have an online presence. And so I kind of resisted that because I'm actually sort of a private person and this, you know, collection of kind of super embarrassing stories about dumb things I've done and just weird situations I've been in. Um, but I'm also a very good student. I was a teacher for 22 years. And so if someone tells me these are the steps you have to take in order to achieve a goal, I can do that. So I started Saddle Seeks Horse um, on my birthday in October of 2013. And it started out just kind of as like um, more of a journal. I didn't have a horse at the time. I had just lost um, my heart horse that I'd owned for 16 years And so I was grieving that a little bit, but then also knowing that I wanted to kind of, even though I didn't really have any horse friends at the time, I had moved recently and was in a different area. I hadn't connected into any local, um, you know, barns or the horse community. So um, 
blogging was, you know, just like a creative outlet and then a way for me to kind of, um, you know, hone my writing skills, which then led to being able to write for some of the magazines. And um, then eventually years later, I did publish my book and now I have three. Um, But it's changed in terms of, I feel like it was more of a private journal thing. This is all me and my personality to now I've kind of cultivated these relationships many people I've met in real life um, have actually become friends with. So I'm thinking about it, about what's interesting to me and what I'm learning, but also how can I help other people? Um, So I'm not as um, active telling like the nitty gritty of what I just learned in my most recent writing lesson, because that won't necessarily apply to everyone. But um, like the warmest winter products that will make barn time, you know, not dreadful <laughs> this time of year, Something like that kind of stuff. I'm happy to share. Most of us yeah. need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I remember the first time I met you in person was at an American horse publications conference. And I just remember immediately realizing she is such a fabulous storyteller. So I imagine all your books are just easy to read. To read and just just full of you know your creativity and your energy so now oh, I'm also excited to hear about <laughs> you're welcome I'm also excited to hear about all your equestrian getaways because I I haven't gotten to travel most of us haven't gotten to travel in the past two years but as much as I'd like uh, raising raising a little one and so I am totally jealous of anybody going on all these equestrian getaways and these rides and things like that and you know a lot of our readers like planning those types of trips uh, I know you recently went to Ireland right I did yes and I want to back up just for a second because I feel like um, really anytime we have the opportunity to be with a horse, whether it's riding or not. I mean, that is such a getaway and a gift. And I know um, everyone's in a different kind of phase of life or even with the pandemic of like what's being allowed and where we live. And so there's all kinds of ways to have fun. Um, You don't have to (laughs) go across the Atlantic to do that. Um, One of the rides I really liked that I've done within about the last year and a half was actually at the time I was living in California and I got to ride Clydesdales on a beautiful ranch and had a view of the Pacific. So I would encourage people to kind of think about like little horsey adventures that are near them because they're kind of everywhere. But Ireland was super uh, epic. Wait a minute. I don't and... want to go past that. I had percherons. <laughs> Aren't they like riding a great big couch? Well, so what's interesting, um, okay, like many, many years ago, I worked at a camp and I rode a draft horse um, bareback and I kind of remember it was really comfortable. This, I so I'd never ridden a Clydesdale. I don't think that horse was a Clydesdale so long ago. I can't remember. But um, they were saying that what's nice about them is they're not as broad as like some of the other draft breeds and that like they could actually, for some of them, you know, wear like a traditional Western saddle. It didn't have to be like a double XL or whatever. Um, so yeah, it was really cool. And what was funny is I don't think of myself as like a green horse rider and I can't remember. I'd have to look at my blog post. Uh, they put me on a filly that was maybe three and she was just a puppy dog. It was just so gentle, so steady on the trail. And I thought like, I don't know that I would want to be riding any other type of horse <laughs> as only a three-year-old, you know, out on this trail kind of along the, the ridge, you know, looking down over the water. Well, one of your rides you rode, actually, we're going to, you wrote about for us was Griffith Park. and. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you rode with Raquel Lynn, and she's our next guest, actually. So it's interesting to make that tie in. We'll definitely post a link to that article because that ties in with both our guests. But I do. I want to hear about Ireland since, you know, the the international travel has not been the easiest for us of late. So, okay. Um, So the Ireland thing. I had actually been there in the late 90s and I did kind of like a trail ride that went B&B to B&B 
and that was super fun. Um, but like, I remember one day we were in the saddle for about six hours and this is before GPS. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And as much as I love riding, like I, I don't know, that's kind of a long time. Like I would never be a good, you know, endurance rider, <laughs> but, um, anyway, so what was cool is on this return trip, a different set of people. And it was through a friend of mine who goes fox hunting there every year. And I told her, look, I don't ever want to fox hunt in Ireland because I just don't have that kind of courage, but I would love to tag along with you and watch you and take photographs and just hang out. But she tipped me off to this place, um, Clonshire Equestrian Center in Limerick. And uh, she's friends with like the niece of the people who run the farm. And so I just connected in with some friends of friends for this occasion and we had an absolute blast. And so we rode, it was a Monday through Friday. We rode three hours a day, two hours in the morning, and then had a lunch break. And it was just this charming, charming village of Adair. Um, like the food, I didn't have a bad meal the whole time I was there. Um, it was just quaint. Uh, the people were so friendly and fun. And um, yeah, so the riding, the horses were solid. And I mean, what I took away from it is just, uh, besides the friendships, obviously, is I feel like I came back with a quieter brain for writing. I tend to overthink and I feel mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, I can't do that. I've never done that. Or my horse doesn't do that. And this, it was like, okay, these horses do that size of fence or can go over that terrain. So just shut up your brain and <laughs> just sit there and, you know, ride like you know what you're doing because you do know what you're doing. So um, it was incredible. And of course, I kind of fell in love with one of the horses, but he didn't fit in my suitcase. So um, that was really amazing. And yeah, I'm excited. And I had so many people. Um, and if people who are listening want to see some of the pictures, if they want to check out my Instagram, it's at Saddle Seeks Horse. Um, I had a number of people message me like, Hey, I want to go next time. So I'm kind of trying to figure out how I could bring some friends in real life and friends from online and just have a good riding adventure. So now there, you're going to be coordinating these. <laughs> uh, that would be cool. You know, I would love to be like the Rick Steves of the equestrian world. Um, <laughs> Cause I think I'm kind of nerdy like him. <laughs> you're so, not as boring um, as he is. Oh, well, thank you, Glenn. Thank you. He's kind of dry. Yeah. Jennifer loves him, but I'm like, oh, just. Well, I oh, want to go on the next safari <laughs> trip. I have always wanted to do an African oh. safari. And I saw some of your pictures from that, too. And that, that looked well, really neat. Okay. When so was that? How? On... Okay. So just, just to clarify, I've been on safari, but there were no horses involved. It was many, many years ago, actually, with a job I worked for. They sent some people to South Africa. And so I was like, Hey, while well, I'm here, I'm going to go have this little, you know, excursion. So I did like a true safari in Jeeps. So I what thought picture, about this. What picture yeah, am so I thinking? I, well, you know, what you're thinking of is because I post some inspirational things. I started thinking about the safari, you know, in the middle of pandemic, like oh, I want to travel again. Would I ever do a riding safari? Would I ever right. do that? Is it too dangerous? So I connected with a company that does these all the time. And I asked them a ton of hardball questions, like all of my things about why I wouldn't want to do it. I asked those right. questions and they responded. And so I did a blog post. So that's probably what you're thinking of. And I can't think of the title of the blog post, but it's something about like your 10 hardest questions about writing in Africa or something. So I, well, I got lost on your blog. Like, so yeah, I've oh, read a whole well, bunch you. of stuff. So yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, we've got the holidays coming up and, you know, this episode comes out just a few days before Thanksgiving. And I wanted to ask you about your favorite, either your favorite horse memory with the holidays or how you celebrate the holidays with your horse. You know, I wish I had some amazing horse holiday <laughs> memory. Um, just the thing that comes to mind off the top of my head and it's not much of a story, but I just remember those days of having the real Christmas tree. And then what do you do when you're done with the Christmas tree? 
you take it to the barn. And so riding around in, you know, the freezing cold indoor arenas of the Chicago area and having our jumps kind of festooned with everyone who also brought their real Christmas trees to kind of have a second life there. Um, that, and then the other thing I would say is how much, uh, my previous horse and my now horse love the peppermints. And so I like candy canes and that, but, um, you know, having those, whether using you know, as decorations on your own tree or people giving them to you as gifts or whatever, uh, you know, I can't consume them all. So it's, um, you know, a nice, happy occasion to be able to treat my horse with that. And then upside, his breath smells magically delicious. That was always one of my holiday tips. I would always, um, anytime going out to eat, grab an extra peppermint or two for the horse because that was my oh. horse's favorite treat. So I yeah. totally get that. So what about some other blogging adventures or, or things that have come about from the blog would you want to share with us? Well, um, so for people who are unfamiliar with my blog, I love to do, like I just published today, um, a list of recommended winter reads for horse lovers. And, you know, now's a good time to hunker down with a book. So I have a number of those. Um, I have some book reviews too. So that I'm very, um, well, as an author myself in the equestrian space, I try to stay up on what is current, um, new releases, and then just maybe some things that I haven't seen in the past. Um, speaking of Raquel, she has an amazing coffee table book, Stable Style, and I have a copy. And that is something incredible. And I actually have one of my own books that I think makes a great gift for this time of year. And it's called Unbridled Creativity, 101 Writing Exercises for the Horse Lover. So my niece, who also loves horses and loves to write, I saw her, she had this book and it was like a book of all these creative writing prompts. And I looked mm -hmm. at it and I was like, Oh, I could do one of those about horses because, you know, when I was younger, before I had the blog, I, you know, if I wasn't around horses, I was writing stories about them. And, you know, as a, having a background in education where I actually taught English and, you know, got students, some of them reluctant to try to hone their writing skills. I have kind of a, a bag of tricks of, you know, trying to get people to, you know, have a unique way of describing things or telling a story. So I kind of merged some traditional uh, writing prompt themes with horsey content and made this um, little book that is part creative writing journal and part just um, – I guess there's a little bit of instructional aspect in it too. So this is a See, that sounds book. perfect for all ages. Yeah, I think probably I was trying to think about it today. Like, okay, how young? Cause like I read a ton when I was younger. So like I had a pretty high, and I read all horse books cause I didn't have one. So, you know, I'd get dropped off at the library and mm -hmm. come with a pile of books all about horses. Um, and my mom still says today, that's why I'm a good reader because I just was motivated to, to learn about horses. So anyway, um, yeah, so I've got just, yeah, I don't, I don't want to nerd out with like the classroom thing. But then there's what's unique is I have some mentor text and that's just a fancy educational term where for some of the prompts, you there's a link to my website, Saddle Seeks Horse, and then you can see like a sample that I wrote for that particular writing topic. So because that like speaking as an educator, like that's how people learn how to write is by, by emulating and seeing really good um, models basically. So that was my design and making just kind of a fun book that I thought, you know, there's so much downtime at, in between classes at horse shows or, you know, for those little girls that are horse obsessed and they can't be at the barn 24 seven or those older girls like me who can't be at the barn 24 seven, that this would just be kind of a fun little um, activity book. Well, that actually people need to get your book <laughs> and I'm not trying to sell your book for you. I'm sure you're doing great with that, but people need to get your book and then enter our holiday contest, which we're going to do, which is like share your horse, your favorite horse holiday memory 
for our holiday contest. So it just made me think of that. that. But yeah, I, as I used to bang out horse stories when I was little on this typewriter that my dad would bring home from work um, occasionally to do work on. And then I'd bang around on it and write stories. So I totally, you know, fellow writer there kind of get that. So if you like to write, but, um, or if you're planning a vacation or you just need all these tips on the horse lifestyle, what is your website web address again? Yeah. Okay. So my website, it's saddle seeks horse. So saddle S E E K S h-o-r-s-e.com and i'm also quite active on instagram and it's the same um at saddle seeks horse and i would love i know sometimes it's hard to follow blogs because like you find it and then you sort of forget about it but i think maybe you're going to have a link in there if people want to get on my email list so i'm not spammy at all i send out um twice a month email newsletter and it's like these are the latest things on the blog um, here's what's going on with me. And um, so that's really a, another great way to kind of follow along. So, and I'm on Facebook as well. Um, so it's Saddle Seeks Horse all the way around. And I'm on Pinterest too. For the, She's everywhere. Like <laughs> well, I, you know, I have a presence on Twitter, but I have to admit, I, I'm, I'm not feeling it, but so I'm not <laughs> everywhere, but I'm trying to be in the places where my fellow horse lovers hang out. And so far I found it's on the website and uh, Facebook and Instagram. And your podcast. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And it's been a great interview. And we'll also, we'll put all the links and we'll also put links to your articles. And if people subscribe and already read the magazine, I'm sure they'll recognize, oh, I remember that article about, you know, spin cycling and how it can help horseback riding and things like that. So we'll include all the links and happy holidays. Oh, thank you. It was so fun to to chat with you both. And um, hopefully I'm going to see you in 2022. Our final guest is Raquel Lynn. Raquel lives in an equestrian neighborhood in Los Angeles with her husband, Adam, paint mare, Fira, Mango the Pomeranian, and four silky chickens. She runs two blogs, Stable Style and Horses and Heels, and enjoys freelancing for a handful of popular equine magazines, including ours, Horse Illustrated, and Chrome and Paint Horse Journal. She just recently released her first book, Stable Style, Barn Inspiration for All Equestrians. Well, welcome to the show, Raquel. It's so nice to have you on. Thanks so much for having me today. Now, I love getting to introduce some of our writers that write for Horse Illustrated to the podcast listening audience. And I've also loved seeing all your style suggestions in Horse Illustrated. I'm totally jealous of like how you find all the stuff that we that just come together and look so stylish because I don't know, I think I'm missing like the gene for fashion <laughs> fashion, you know. Yeah. I can't think of the word. Um no, that's that's honestly my favorite part. I love finding, you know, the home decor stuff and the fashion. And I swear I'm always just Googling, you know, random horse things and all these different like keywords. And my husband's like, what are you doing? What are you looking for? And I'm like, it's research. It's for work. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Do you have like a hundred shopping sites like bookmarked and things like that? I, you know, what's funny is there's like a list of shops that I regularly check um, just to be like, okay, did they put out a new collection? Or there's a couple of even like mainstream shops that I love. And I'll be constantly just like keyword horse, like typing into the search bar and like, oh, do they have any like horse clothes or any home decor that's equestrian right now? So I'm always looking for it. Well, I think you have such a a knack for finding stuff that's like trending now and and just in style right now or will be coming in style and the next big thing uh where do you think that comes from um that's a good question um i think i've always just been into that i mean when i was little i used to not super little but when i was a teenager um everybody else was reading you know 
Vogue and Cosmo. And I always kind of poured into Architectural Digest and along with my fashion magazine. So I've always just kind of been into interiors and home and just design in general. Um, and of course, fashion too. Well, you absorb what you read. Um, now for the holidays, you just did a great article for us uh, in the November, December issue that was uh, how to entertain and add horses, do holiday entertaining with horse items. And I loved all the things you found and I could probably spend all my money if I were to just follow your advice. Um, what tips do you have for our listeners on how to have a horsey holiday? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I loved that article. That was really fun. Um, and I know what you mean about, you know, just spending all your money on accessories. So, you know, there are a few different ways you can do it. Um, I think that you can go out and over time you can splurge on a couple pieces each year. You know, there are brands that I really like, um, such as Arthur Court, which they have really nice uh, timeless pieces. And I've kind of, one of the things that I do is I kind of add a new piece to my collection every year. Um, and that's fun to do. Other ways to incorporate, you know, an equestrian theme to your table. Um, and this is something that was included in the article. You know, you can do napkin rings. Um, you can do equestrian theme plates. You can do um, you know, serving boards and stuff like that. Or if you want a fun DIY approach, um, I love the idea of doing a really nice centerpiece with, um, you know, adding old stirrup irons to the table, um, old horse bits, you know, just kind of decorating down the center with things that you have that you don't necessarily have to splurge on. So I think there's a lot of different ways to, you know, add a bit of equestrian to your tablescape or, you know, to your holidays. Those are some good tips. And I do, I like that idea of adding a, a piece each year. I think mine might be the, the stirrup tray. So we'll put a link to the article, obviously, in our show notes so that people can see what we're talking about because uh, it's kind of hard to picture. But there was this really neat serving tray and it had stirrups as like the handles that Raquel found. But uh Speaking of the holidays, and we're coming out a few days before Thanksgiving, do you have any favorite horsey holiday memories or like how do you celebrate the holidays with your horse? You know, I have a great memory from Thanksgiving. Um, when I was little, there was a book called The Thanksgiving Treasure, and my grandma found that for me. Um, I think I was eight going on nine at the time, and that was a really cool book. And it happened to be um, after Thanksgiving, we actually were pony shopping for me. So the book was about a, uh, a pinto pony. And ironically enough, the pony that we found um, ended up being a little bay pinto pony who I named him Pirate. Um, but for his show name, cause he wasn't registered, we ended up calling him pirates painted treasure. So we always would that. say he was the Thanksgiving. Yeah. He was the Thanksgiving treasure basically. So I always get kind of nostalgic. Um, I had him from basically, you know, nine until I think he passed when I was 23 or 24, um, so, you know, all of my childhood and into early adulthood, and he was probably one of my favorite, you know, holiday memories is I got, you know, that pony who was essentially, you know, I don't call him a heart horse because he was a pony, but that was my heart pony. And, you know, lots of good holiday memories with him. Oh, that's a, such a great story. I love that. And I love that um, yeah. you, you're, you have a knack of finding these beautiful paints fear is gorgeous she reminds me of a, a paint horse i used to ride that is one of my friends paint horses and does she uh we were talking about holiday treats for horses and things like that and susan's one of hers was her horse's favorite is peppermints is fear a, a fan of peppermints 
you know what? She's a big carrot fan. Um, she'll pretty much eat everything, but she likes carrots. And sometimes I'll give her the occasional like orange slice. She really likes, you know, being a California horse, she likes her citrus. So, um, Oh, she's going healthy. I've her peppermints before. Oh, really? Exactly. <laughs> I would pick them up in, in restaurants, you know, like, yeah, well, and actually I just, I would grab one and not eat mine and my horse always ended up with it. So, um, so with your knack for, for decorating and whatnot, is your house already this picture perfect holiday scene or, or do you decorate late? Like I do. Cause I haven't started yet. So I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. Um, the decorations are the tree and everything's going up the day after Thanksgiving. And that's kind of my day to get ready for Christmas. Um, but as far as for Thanksgiving, um, I've got like pumpkins out on display and stuff like that. And I'm going to the grocery store probably on Monday to start maybe practicing making some pies and stuff like that, because, you know, you got to start early, maybe practice a couple of these recipes so that you don't choke on Wednesday or Thursday. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So what you write such a variety with your two blogs, horses and heels and stable style, but what is your uh, favorite type of thing to write about? Is it like the barns? Is it the equestrian fashion, tacking gear, like living the lifestyle, or home decor, or something else? Like, what do, what do you like writing about the most? I think my favorite things are definitely the barns, um, definitely equestrian home decor, and gosh, the fashion too. And I know that's basically just everything, but each time I write one of these articles, I get really excited, you know? And I think with the barn tours, you learn something about someone's space or you get new inspiration. And then same with, you know, even looking for the holiday stuff and the entertaining, I think that's really fun. Um, just looking for things that have, you know, horse bits or horse heads, you know, just like subtle embellishments. I'm always just kind of looking for that. Well, uh, yeah. where else can um, people follow you and uh, keep up with your all your content? So you can find me on both blogs, um, stablestyle.net or horsesandheels.com. And then on either Instagram, at stablestyle or at horsesandheels. And it's horsesandheels with an underscore. Um, but yeah, and, I mean, I'm also on Pinterest, Facebook, a little bit of tweeting occasionally, you know, um, but mostly Instagram and Facebook. Um, those are my biggest platforms. And Great. We'll put a link to all that on the show notes page, which will be at horseillustrated.com slash podcast. And thank you so much for joining us on the Horse Illustrated episode of Horses in the Morning. Well, we want to thank our title sponsor, the Straight Arrow family of brands, makers of mane and tail, Cowboy Magic and Exhibitors with over 100 years of grooming excellence. For more information about your favorite products, please visit straightarrowinc.com and find their products at a tax store near you. Horse Illustrated can be found at horseillustrated.com and all of our podcasts can be found at horseillustrated.com slash podcast. You can follow Horses in the Morning on Facebook. Just search for Horses in the Morning. Don't forget, next Monday night, we're having a holiday concert, so you're going to want to tune in then. We're giving away thousands of dollars in prizes. And you can have all the Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go on our free app for iPhone or Android. Go to your app store and search for Horse Radio Network. And we want to wish everybody a happy holiday season, whatever holidays you celebrate, and happy reading and riding.